Hey, hi, welcome to the whole podcast. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And joining me today is my friend Becky Alcantar. Say hi, Becky. Hello, my name is Becky Alcantar. I'm the author and co founder of Journey to Wholeness, a program designed to help you feel equipped to face life's challenges. I love that. Today we're talking about um, forgiveness. Yes. And I was thinking about that on my drive in today because I. Um, Forgiveness is such a is such a complicated thing. It is. It seems like it's really easy. Like someone punches you in the face, then you say, "Here, hit me in the other face or the <laughs> other cheek or whatever it is." You just you're supposed to forgive them and you just kind of move on. But I, and that's how I thought of it as a kid. But as I've grown older, I realize there's a lot more complexity and nuances to forgiveness that I never realized as a kid, mm-hmm. and that there's ramifications and implications on me whether or not I'm forgiving somebody else. And I always just thought I was giving people permission to do me wrong. Mm, right. And uh, and it's not that at all, that forgiveness is much deeper than that. Right. I think that's why forgiveness is so complicated because we, there's a lot of misconceptions based on how we were taught to forgive and maybe your only interaction with forgiveness was as a child. And so someone told you to do this or that or the other. And as our brain does, it filled in a narrative about what forgiveness is. And so most often when I find someone who is struggling to forgive uh, something, someone in their life, it's because they have this misconception about what that entails. Just like you said, oh, I should turn my cheek, right? And that's actually comes from a scripture in the Bible. Turn my cheek and let them do that again. And yet we don't understand the full context of what that... uh, verse was saying. And so we are misapplying it in a lot of ways. Uh, we think that we should be passive and allow people right to hurt us and that we're, we're supposed to just process it and, and let that go. And I think that's probably one of the most frustrating, uh, uh, like sequence of words for people to say to them, Oh, you need to let that go because really they can't do anything practical with that. They don't know what the steps are, the one, two, three, to actually going through the process of forgiveness. And then that's exasperated by a whole movie from Disney called Frozen where they're singing about letting it go. And there's not a song that I know of that really annoys people more than that song. And I think it's because of the frustration uh, the individuals feel when they hear that term because they don't know how to do that practically. But just like so many of the other things that we talk about here on the whole podcast and, and that you explore in Journey to Wholeness. So what we'll do, not knowing how to deal with it, is we'll just absorb it. We'll digest mm-hmm. it. We'll internalize it, however you want to say that, right? Mm-hmm. And so now you've got this rotten, stinky, you yes, know, putrid. Thing, right. Yeah. Just sitting somewhere inside yeah. your head or inside your heart that's yeah. not addressed, but at least you're not dealing with it. Right. And so mm-hmm. you just, but it, it's like, it festers. It, it festers. Yeah. Rot, 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 fester, fester, fester. And then it comes up because everything comes up. We say every seed that's planted comes up. And so often we don't realize that those things that happen to us are actually seeds that have remained in us, right? Our brain put them away and said, this is useful information. I need to remember this to protect you in some way. And so even though we think that we're we're shoving it away and putting it away and 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 hiding it, it will come up at some point, usually when you're stressed or uh, hungry or lonely, or, you know, there's that acronym for that as well, in that it will come up in the most inopportune time, right? Where you're already feeling challenged, you're already feeling overwhelmed, and now that comes up as well. And now you really feel overwhelmed by what's happening, which is why forgiveness can feel so much because we start to uh, compound it, we start to pile it up, right? And so when we're talking about forgiveness, 
often we're not talking about one event. We're talking about the sequence of events or uh, the pileup of events that we had stuffed away that now our brain goes, hey, this is really similar to those other things you experience. And you're not then just forgiving that event or that incident that you're interacting with a person in the moment. It's actually also all of the things that you haven't dealt with in the past, which is why forgiveness can feel impossible um, when you're faced with it. Right, because like I feel like those kind of things... In this instance, forgiveness is like a wool coat in a house full of cats, right? Where it's like, like once they, because it's like every, everything sticks to it. Then. Sure. Even if it's not related, even right. if it's tangentially related, mm-hmm. even if it's like, it's just like, it sticks to it. And yeah. it makes it And then uglier. if it's winter, they're static as yep. well. Right. <laughs> and it gets yeah. 10 times worse. Right. I feel like that's what happens when we just, when we don't address things or when mm-hmm. we just, you know what I mean? It's, so it's, everything just gloms on to that. And mm-hmm. it just, it, 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 it's like spins out of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if we feel like it's spinning out of control under the surface, it doesn't take much to like scratch that. And then like, it just comes bursting That's out. That's right. It's right under the surface, right? Depending on how much you've piled up. So right. maybe initially you did a great job of it. It's like deep down in the recesses of your belly. Uh, but over time it starts to get closer and closer. Why? Because we weren't made to, uh, retain all of that. We weren't made to keep all of that inside of us. God made us to heal. And so uh, our brain is going to do everything possible to bring that to the surface so that it can be resolved because there's some negative effects that we'll talk about uh, of unforgiveness that uh, can't remain in us. It can affect us physically and mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And so if we... uh, remain in unforgiveness, it really can have a negative effect. So we know forgiveness is so beneficial for us. If you've struggled with it at all, I'm sure you've done some research or had a conversation with somebody. Um, We know this. And yet sometimes we just struggle to do it. We really overprocess it. And if we can master it, it can be the most powerful tool for us to have a healthier, happier life. And we like to start Journey to Wholeness by giving you the definition of what we're talking about just so that we're on the same page. And what forgiveness is, is a willingness and commitment. And it's twofold there, willingness and commitment to focus on the future and not allow your minds to replay the narrative and events of past offenses or unmet expectations. I know that's a mouthful, but Wait, we can were, you say it again? we've already said that <laughs> forgiveness is much more complex than we first thought. You know, we want to say uh, forgiveness is letting it go. Well, you could say that, but there's so much more we know to it than that. So it's a willingness. I have to be willing to forgive, and then I have to commit to forgiving. And part of that starts with my my mind, my head. Uh, I have to focus on the future and not allow my mind to replay the narrative and events from past offenses or unmet. Um, expectations. So like we said, our mind will fill in the story, right? So someone does something and we start to analyze and start to reason why that might have occurred, what our fault was in it, why they did that. And you know it, you you get into uh, an argument or a disagreement and you walk away and you replay the scenario over and over. And then you replay other like uh, possible outcomes, right? Or what you could have said. Uh, and then uh it's past offenses or unmet expectations. So there might have been something that someone did, but it may also be something that I was expecting to happen that did not happen, right? And so you can see how there's different layers to that. And then you fill in the narrative and now you can have a real gray, confusing 
a bunch of information that your brain is trying to figure out. Uh, so forgiveness is that willingness and commitment. And if you want to focus on two words, because that's a big mouthful, it's a willingness and commitment. We choose to forgive. Um, another way that uh, it's described is Again, letting go of the hope for a different past. Uh, we can't change the past, but we can reset today and move forward in the future. Um, and then in its most basic uh, psychological definition, it's replacing negative feelings with positive or at least neutral ones. And for someone who's like, I will never feel positively about the person that hurt me or about that event. Uh, can you get to a place where you feel neutral, where you are not emotional, where you're not angry uh, about the event, but you... Uh, realize that it occurred and now you need to work through what happened as a result and you're going to take with you forward the lessons that you learned in that event. So, okay. So now that we've defined it, I'd like to back up a step and I'd like to talk about this because we, we talked about, you had just said, I'm never going to not have dark feelings about this person, mm-hmm. right? So you're committing to, mm-hmm. I'm always going to be dark. Right. right. So that, I mean, so if you reworded, right. Yeah. So if you reworded that, I'm never going to be out of the darkness. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about forgiveness, like I said earlier, our our inclination is to think it's letting someone off the hook. Right. And I don't ever want to give them that satisfaction. In fact, they've never even apologized to me mm-hmm. for what they did to me. Mm-hmm. So why would I ever forgive them? Why would I give them that kind of like free freedom? pass? Yeah. yeah. You know, screw that. I'm mm-hmm. holding on to this. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, that person. If they didn't care enough about you in the first place to hurt you, they probably don't care enough to like want your forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this idea of giving forgiveness isn't for the 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 harmer. Mm-hmm. The as offender. much as it the mm-hmm. offender, sorry, that's a much better <laughs> word. Uh the offender, as much as it is for you. Right. You know, to to really to get you off the hook. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to say, I'm gonna be dark. From now on, I'm gonna be dark. I'm gonna be mad. Right. I'm gonna be angry. I'm gonna be sullen. I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be all these things as long as that person lives. Right. I mean, what, what are one of the scenes uh, that people use is uh, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person's going to die. And that's yeah. exactly it. And that's part of one of the misconceptions that we have about forgiveness. And so I always like to go through those because I've had these misconceptions as well. Um, first of all, forgiveness does not mean that you were not hurt by what the other person did. Uh, and so too often we try to convince ourselves that we weren't hurt well this wasn't as important well this wasn't as deep and maybe someone else even if they care about you will be like well you you can't let them do that to you you have to acknowledge that that hurt sometimes when we try to disregard the hurt we're just putting it away and stuffing it away for another time because it needs to be felt why because that's the pathway to the healing that we want to encounter your emotions let you know what the root of that hurt was so that it can be dealt with and removed right and when we stuff that up we're, we're shutting down a bunch of information that is trying to get our attention so that we can actually process and heal and get better from this. Um, it's not overlooking or excusing the wrong. Absolutely not. If there is wrong, we can call out wrong, but that doesn't mean that we have to live in the wrong and replay it in our lives and our mind over and over and over again. Um, it's not taking or sharing the blame. A lot of people say, well, if I forgive, that means that I must have done something wrong as well. And that's absolutely not true. It may be true, right? And we should consider that. However, it may, uh, it, that's, that's not necessarily the case. Um, it's not forgetting, right? I don't want you to forget this event. I want you to learn from what you had going on. I don't want you to replay it or play narratives or or, or um, uh, fondle it or yeah, yeah. Uh, like hold it and carry it and feed it. But I want you to remember the lessons that you learned in that because there were lessons to be learned in that. Uh, it doesn't justify the wrong. And too often we think, well, it 
justifies what they did to me. And that's not true at all. Um, it doesn't rule out justice. And so if you have been hurt by a perpetrator, it does not rule out justice. It means that you have gotten to a place where you have acknowledged what has happened. You have gathered what you could learn from that and you have moved on. You've allowed yourself to feel the emotions. Um, so if you've done all those pieces, chances are that a great percentage of the pain that you felt from forgiving is going to be resolved. But that brings us to the second thing is that forgiveness is not just forgiving the initial impact of what occurred. There's long-term effects. It's an ongoing process. Uh, so uh, you may, I, I like to use this example, you may have been in a car accident and you were blindsided and you had to forgive the person who was careless that day and uh, caused you, you know, uh, financial impact, work impact, um, stress on yourself and your family, maybe physical injury, you have to forgive that person for that incident. But then there are times you're going to be driving down the road, you're going to go on a road trip and everyone's excited and you're feeling intense anxiety about going on a road trip because of that incident. That's the long-term impact. That's the ongoing process. Now we can say to ourselves, we can blame ourselves and feel really uh, awful. Why am I feeling this way? And and how come this is going on? Um, or we can uh, go back and focus on the person that caused that and realize that's what that was. And then replay the narrative of why that event was wrong and how that's, you know, affected us negatively. Or we can realize that we forgave in that moment. Cause often I'll hear someone say to me, you know, I thought I forgave this, but why is it coming up again? But there's some trigger. There's some event that your brain goes, Ooh, we took care of about 8% of this, but there's still a 10%. And that's why you're feeling anxious right now. So let's address why you're feeling anxious today and deal with that underlying root, right? Versus I dealt with the event itself. Now I'm dealing with the root or the impact or the decision that my brain made about life, about my safety, um, about road trips in general, that I have to work through and forgive and resolve at this point. Could you say that forgiveness is declaring that you are not going to be held captive to the hurts, emotions, and ongoing narrative of that event? Yes, it is a choice, right? And it's a choice I make each time I get triggered or something comes up that reminds me of that event. And sometimes it's, it can be walking into a building again, right? Maybe you were hurt by someone in a church and you haven't been to that church in a long time. You walk into that church, you're excited to see your old friends. And yet you have this like sick feeling in your gut. You have this anxiety or you're suddenly stressed or you're angry and you can't put your finger on it. And we have to ask ourselves the questions, right? Just like we would ask a friend, you know, what's going on? How come you were so upset? And really pause to listen to the answer because your emotions that were arising are trying to let you know that there's something that's unresolved inside of you. And it's time to resolve that, that you're brave enough, strong enough. And you just need to be a, a bit courageous today to ask the questions and be willing to listen to the answers so that you can work through it and heal from it. We've talked in the past about how maybe those feelings have something to do with the fact that because it's happened in that space in the past and you're back in that space, your mm -hmm. body's telling you to prepare to fight or flight. Yes. Right? That the, right. That's the sick pit in your stomach feeling, mm -hmm. right? To get you ready for that. Yeah. So, and that's like, so that's our body's reaction to it. Right. So, but now we can't just like, and this is where a lot of us fall short. We just keep reacting to our bodies, mm -hmm. you know, like nudging. And so this is where we have to, like you said, ask ourselves the question, be a good friend to ourselves. Like, what is this feeling about now? Right. Yeah. And like, so we know that we've dealt with this. We know that we've, you decided that we're going to move on, yeah. right? We've forgiven not to let them off the hook or this place off the hook or that guy that's not even here anymore off the right. hook, but instead to let me off the hook. Yeah, and that's what 
being kind to ourselves and loving to ourselves is is actually spending time in understanding what's motivating some of those things because we don't want to be in a reactive mode all of the time. I mean, chemically, physically, for a lot of reasons, we don't want to do that to our body over and over. We want don't want to live off of the adrenaline because that can cause uh, harm to us. And so what we want to do is spend the time and the attention on what is actually going on because we don't want to react but we want to allow the feelings to emerge so that we can have greater insight into the what needs to be forgiven in this space. And so if we haven't done that work, we're going to find ourselves reacting. We're going to find ourselves blowing our top, whether that's breaking down into a pool of tears or uh, being angry and defensive, right? Your, your, the posture of your body and your mind and your spirit is going to be to defend yourself if you, ha- if you don't have a clear understanding of what's happening inside of you. And so think of that. Uh, it may not be a survival moment, but your brain is going to react that way and your body and your emotions and right it's going to be an external um a reaction if you haven't actually spent time to understand it what's happening now isn't the event itself that's causing that it's that you have not actually processed it to understand it and so now your brain is treating everything like it's a survival moment Mm. is it possible i was just sitting here thinking about you know the scenarios that we're imagining right Mm -hmm. and it just is it possible that some people are feelers and some people are not feelers if there are people that stuff, the same thing could happen to that. It's just like, oh, that's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your problem? Right. Where yeah. other people like feel things like, like full body, you know what I mean? Right. And there's some people that just don't feel things at all. That- right. Well, I theory would say a couple of things. I mean, there's one, there's peaceful people who they really have processed things and understand that everyone is human and flawed and broken and there's going to be misunderstandings and miscommunications. And so I'm not going to get overly excited about those things. I'm just going to peacefully and quietly, one, call on God and say, God, give me insight into this. Second, I'm going to draw on my experiences. And third, I'm going to look at you with compassion versus uh being in a defensive posture. So that's one side. The flip side of someone who doesn't have an emotional reaction is that they've had so many emotions that they've been overwhelmed and now they've deadened their reactions, right? Mm. Because they found or have decided that it doesn't pay for me to even be invested in anything at all. And so I'm just going to be indifferent and I'm going to deaden or dumb or uh, turn off my feelings. Amputate? Yeah, yeah. To a certain extent, and yeah. and they can move past the point of actually feeling emotions, which is dangerous as well. Why? Because our emotions serve a purpose. Yeah. And we just didn't know how to navigate them. They felt uh, out of control and overwhelming to us. And so over time, uh, we just quieted those down. Now think about this, because you're like, no, I think I've always been that way. But as a kid, did you cry? Did you whine? Did you, right? right. You had emotions, but over time in your experiences, whether it was conscious or subconscious. And often people will remember when we go through their stories, I remember consciously deciding that. I remember consciously deciding that I was going to turn that off in me because it caused too much trouble in my world. Mm. Um, but often when we start out, they're like, I don't know, I've always been this way, right? Yeah. And so it takes work. It takes time to actually explore those areas, have conversations with people who know how to draw those questions out in you, draw those memories out in you so that you can pinpoint that start point. Because when you pinpoint that start point, it opens up a lot of information for us. It lets us know that one, we can feel those things. We also know that at that point, we weren't mature enough to actually work it out and understand how to use that to our advantage. Again, not being manipulative, but how to use 
uh, an attention to our emotions to understand the root cause or issues or concerns that we have, which then helps us to be better overall in our thought processes, in our relationships, et cetera. Yeah. I just, I mean, I'm thinking about it and I feel like, you know, part of the big step, you know, of journey to wholeness and these conversations that we have on the whole podcast have to do with just, you know, figuring ourselves out, giving ourselves, you know, a room to, to work. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. But then the, the next step, then the, the next logical place is to say, Oh my gosh, then that means everyone's trying to figure out mm-hmm. this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So not everyone is in tune or whatever. And that other people handle those things differently. Everyone's space or room looks differently. Right. And so this idea of grace, cause you might, you might struggle with unforgiveness, right. And you're wondering why other people don't struggle. With right. That. Or you may not struggle with forgiveness and you're like, what is your problem? Just move on already. Yeah. You know, let <laughs> yeah. it go. Yeah. And so there's like, everyone deals with this in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, not, it doesn't, experiences aren't experienced the same for everyone. Yeah. And that's why I love uh, actually defining things. And I think it's so important if you're in a friendship, if you're in a marriage, if you're in any relationship at all, to come to a point where you, you're you using the same language. And I think that's what we, we love most about Junior Wholeness, all of our alumni, is that we're speaking the same language. Yeah. And so when we talk about something, we know exactly what that is, but we also are able to look back to the uh, content and, and call things out, right? Well, you're saying this, but that's not what forgiveness is. And we can correct that and then send ourselves down the right path. And so uh, that's the first step is to understand that when we talk about forgiveness, we may be talking about something different. So when someone tells you to let it go, their definition of forgiveness may be different than the deeper one that we're talking about now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They may be saying, stop focusing on that story. Well, they're not using uh, that verbiage because they weren't given that verbiage. And, and so you feel frustrated because like, let it go is so ambiguous, right? Um, It's so broad in general. And so when we can get down to the practical steps, which we're going to get into now, it it can really help us to get a better understanding, but then not traverse into some of the misconceptions and that are making us fight that forgiveness that is so beneficial to us. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to get into these steps. I just feel like, you know, grace and forgiveness Mm -hmm. are uh, partners for me anyway. Like I feel like they Mm -hmm. go hand in hand. And so sometimes if you if you can find a place where you can extend grace to someone, like if you can get the context of where they're coming from or, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt rather than the benefit of the mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know what mm-hmm. the opposite of benefit of a doubt is. I, I know. That's I so like like contrasting already. <laughs> anyway, uh, but if, so we, we could we could avoid reasons for forgiveness altogether mm-hmm. if we can just be in a place of grace. Like, hey, I want to know more about what's what's motivating you to do this? Or mm-hmm. I want to know more about what you're thinking on this. Like, is this is what I'm hearing? Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I don't know that that's what you're saying. Right. And so like, if you just feel like we could, it, one part of dealing with forgiveness, maybe this is one of your steps, right? Is to avoid, is to avoid hurt, all, not altogether, but avoid the possibility of false hurt mm-hmm. or unintended hurt. Right. Or getting hurt. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I just feel like, so that's why those things go together for me. Right. Forgiveness and grace, because I feel like, the sooner I understand forgiveness, the sooner I can say, oh, I wonder though about this yes. person or I wonder about this. Act. Well, let's go back to the definition. So is it a past offense that's being triggered, right? Is right. it a current offense? Was your intention to do this? And if it was, then we have a whole different conversation, yeah. Right? Yeah. but maybe it wasn't. Maybe something that you said triggered a past offense that occurred for me, but also the second part of that was unmet expectations, right? And so did I have an expectation here? 
let's take that a step further. Do I anticipate, do I expect that in every interaction, someone is intentionally trying to hurt me? And so I will respond in that way, in kind, every single time, whether words or actions, right? And so I just live in a defensive posture in my life because of the experiences that I had. So when you talk to me, I'm looking for an offense. I'm looking for an intention in what you're saying to me that is trying to hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> Stop right there alone. If you're finding offenses everywhere, I, I think we all have someone in our life who, you know, we go to the restaurant and they're like, oh, they brought me the wrong soup. They're just trying to, everyone right. hates me. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. um, like this server is like 16 and she yeah. probably made a mistake and right. grabbed the wrong bowl because she doesn't know the difference between minestrone and chicken soup. <laughs> like, right. yeah, yeah. And so, and but you're, you've taken an offense and right away they come to the table and you're like, here we go. You know, yeah. and so you're looking for those things. Um, can we not do that? Right. Yeah. Can we understand ourselves a little bit? Can we understand that when I get into certain interactions, because this person's personality is a little more boisterous, that's going to trigger me because in my past, there were boisterous people who intentionally hurt me or unintentionally hurt me, but I'm still living with that hurt because I haven't forgiven it because I didn't know how to traverse it. Now I'm walking into a situation where mm, I got to remember that this person is not that person. Right. Right. And if I'm concerned about their intentions toward me, I have to have a conversation. And if I'm still concerned about their intentions about me, then I need to correct that relationship or I have to put uh, some things in place to help me um, to, there's some relationships we can't avoid, right? There's work relationships. Right. There's um, different relationships we're bound to our family forever um but we can do some things in those relationships to help us to maintain a place of healing and wholeness um and forgiveness in our life uh we don't want to step backwards so some of the things we have to uh be able to do for for walking through forgiveness is one we have to understand why forgiveness is so beneficial to us right so as we're talking uh even though we can extend grace to others we have to understand that Forgiveness is for us primarily. It's grace toward ourselves that Mm. the condition of our heart and our mind uh, in unforgiveness is really detrimental to our health and well-being overall. Um, So uh, unforgiveness is like this. It's a negative attachment to people who have hurt you. So you're still bound, imagine, by a cord to people who are basically a weight to you. And yet... um, Wait, wait, hold up, hold up. So unforgiveness is like having a negative crush on someone, right? <laughs> like, I mean, like you're right. just obsessed with you're it. You're obsessed with it, yeah. Like you can't get enough of it. You are tethered to your perpetrator or offender, and that's holding you from moving forward. Stop it. Yeah. I mean, that's a thing. You could see mm-hmm. where that would be a thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, if every night I just focus on that, where are they at? Are they going to come around here? Next time he comes around here and says this to me, right? So I'm just completely over hyper-focused on an individual who um, may not be aware of it, but also may have uh, ill intentions, right? And so what am I really doing? In my mind, I'm trying to envision this thing preparing for, and this is a kind of a backwards word to use for it, I'm hoping for an interaction and the uh, opportunity to say these things and do these things. Mm. And so does that then subconsciously lead us into areas or interactions that maybe we wouldn't have pursued if we were not focused on it, right? Wherever you put your focus is the direction you're going to head. Right. So um, I don't want to be that person in my life. I don't need to be that person. I don't need to become the person who hurt me, right? Yeah. And yet we put our mind in that state 
and we start to become that. And then we're the person sighing at the table at the restaurant because we're over focused on the possibility that everyone's out to harm us and hurt us because we've rehearsed it in our mind. Because we were talking just before about how sometimes uh, people hurt us and they don't mean to hurt us, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but we think that they meant it. Right. right, we think that they were malicious in it, mm-hmm. uh, and when, that's where we need to get understanding. But then there's other people that do maliciously hurt us, right? And if they find out that you have this negative crush on them, if you have this dread of them, if you have this, you know, yeah, the, I feel like that's what the opposite of that hope in that situation would be. Mm-hmm. Like I dread this happening, mm-hmm. like I'm anticipating it happening, yes. not in a positive way, right? So a malicious person, if they know that, mm-hmm. they're going to leverage that because they're crappy people then in the first place. Sure. Right. That's easier to manipulate, right? Why? Because you're in a heightened state. Right. Uh, you're over emotional. You're not rational. And so it's easier to uh, manipulate. Uh, it's easier to trigger and use to my advantage. And so you can see how it can escalate really, really quickly. And yet you're, um, because you're not malicious or evil in intention, um, you're not as quick to maneuver that. And so you can get into a place where you've been manipulated or you were pushed into a circumstance that made you do something uglier than you ever thought you were even capable of. And now you're sitting with that as well. So you can see how that can really start to rot within you. Because you're carrying twice as much. That person, the victim here, is carrying twice as much. They're carrying both the reason and the emotion of it. Mm -hmm. But the malicious side person? Reason. Yeah, you're right. They just want to get what they want. Yes. Emotional doesn't have anything to do with it. So it's right. easy, they're more nimble, yeah. right? To like change direction or to take right. advantage. Yeah. Right? And your brain is hopping between both sides of your right. brain, trying to make connections, trying to come up with something and then going into pure survival mode. Right. And so that's when we do things. That's where we really truly react and do things that later we're embarrassed about. Like right. our face turns. Cause you're just about. trying to hang stuff on like, but, but maybe he's doing this because he loves me or maybe he's, you know oh, what I mean? Maybe this just mm-hmm. means, right? So you yeah. think about these people that have like, Broken relationship after broken relationship after broken relationship that are, uh, I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but they stay, mm-hmm. right? Or they keep, and they're just like, I feel right. because they're trying to tie an emotion. But think about that. It's because you've replayed those scenarios over and over and over. And so now you have another opportunity. Remember, mm-hmm. not the hope, but the dread. You dread that's going to happen again. And yet you find yourself in the exact same uh, circumstances or, or very similar scenario, but you rehearsed that over and over. And so, in some way, shape, or form, we found ourselves an opportunity to actually practice the things that we have been rehearsing in our mind. This is why forgiveness is so important and why it's so much self-care more than it is mm-hmm. the herder care. Because if you stay in this place of unforgiveness, you are, like you said, tied to them. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're handcuffed to yeah. them. Right. And so you need forgiveness to let that go because otherwise you're just getting dragged around. Like yes. you're getting dragged, dragged around. around. Right. And you need to cut that cord. Uh, I, this, this part is for my science fans because I know I have a few of them out there. Um, God created Wait, us. Wait, you have fans? I, I have science fans. Yeah. They love huh. the science portions. I don't um, have fans. <laughs> Uh, we all we actually just call ourselves science geeks and nerds, but gotcha. <laughs> uh, but God created us, so He knows the science behind unforgiveness um, is correlated with depression, anxiety, hostility, and that when you don't forgive, you release the chemicals of the stress response: adrenaline, cortisol, norepinephrine. Which means that when you're holding on to a grudge of unforgiveness, you're flooding your mind and body with these chemicals, ultimately limiting your ability to be creative, to problem solve, until eventually you feel helpless and victimized. This flood of chemicals, while intended to help us and to uh, help us to survive in 
in times of great stress. If it's uh, ongoing stress that's flooding your mind and body, it's toxic to your mental and physical health. And so that is why in scripture, he tells us that forgiveness is required, right? Uh the Lord's Prayer actually uh, says that we need to forgive, uh, that he'll forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And I used to go like, wow, like, how would you, why would you measure me against like my greatest offender perpetrator? And yet I understand the science behind it that God understands as well is that uh, I'm going to be breeding a, a ground of um, sickness, right? And, and hurt and toxicity if I don't resolve these items. Um, and then second thing that you need to do when you're forgiving is you need to feel the feelings. And we referenced this a little while ago. Uh, we have to remember that emotions are the release valve that bring these items to the surface. And too often we think that if we get too emotional, uh, then that means we're weak. Uh, or if something does hurt us, that there's something wrong with us. But things do hurt us and we have to and we can acknowledge that and we can feel the hurt, right? I'm not saying to uh, stay in the hurt. I'm not saying to nurse the hurt. I'm not saying to remember it every day. But in the point of impact, in the point that it comes up and it's trying to get our attention, allow that to happen. It's it's the healing valve of our heart and our mind. Feel the emotion. It's going to get us to the root of the uh, incident and what happened. Validate that. Acknowledge it. When we don't, we're basically telling our brain, okay, save this for later. Right? Yeah. <laughs> None of us want to do that. And yet all it's asking is, hey, acknowledge this because something happened and it wasn't good and we need to acknowledge it because my job as your brain is to keep you safe and then validate that. Was that wrong? Was that wrong? Too often, though, we're looking to someone else to validate that for us, right? I want you to apologize to me for the thing that you did. I want you to validate the wrong and the hurt that I felt. And they may not ever do that. What we have to learn is to do that for ourselves. And our emotions lead us to that. It helps us uh, to have the self-compassion to give ourselves acknowledgement and validation of what we experience without it depending on someone else. I'm not going to take my hook, my cord and hitch it on someone else who may never provide that for me and then wait for it. And so second, you feel those feelings because what you're doing is giving yourself the acknowledgement and validation of that. And then your brain will go, great, I've gotten your attention. Now it's going to actually process that and resolve it. I kind of feel like this step is a little bit like hot potato because uh, like, because what we do is we when we get a hot potato in our hand, we want to drop it, right? Yes. Oh my gosh, that's hot. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, it's so hot. Right? But then sometimes if you know that you have to deal with a hot potato, like you'll like toss it around in your hand a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like let your hands get accustomed to the mm-hmm, heat. The warmth. Mm-hmm. Right? And maybe some of the warmth comes off of the potato, right? Mm-hmm. So you're kind of doing this, mm-hmm. right? And just you're flipping around like so you become accustomed to it. Mm-hmm. I wonder if like that's not what this is. We're talking about because, like, our first reaction is to drop it. Forget mm-hmm. it. I'm not going to touch mm-hmm. it, right? Because it's going to be hot. You pick it up again. Oh my gosh, it's still so hot, mm-hmm. right? But the more you can get accustomed to it, the yes. more you get used to it. Yeah. Now I can start evaluating the table. I'm not just reacting to the heat of the potato, but now I can like, oh, this potato's yeah. not even done yet. I it's, need to put this potato it's like my in. husband's grandparents and aunties. Uh, they can touch a hot tortilla on a griddle like no one else can, right? And you're like, how are the fingers now burning? <laughs> and yet. Uh, You'll even see like their handprints on like the tortillas after. It's amazing. <laughs> and yet because they've, they're accustomed to it because they know how to actually approach right. that, when to touch it, right? Well, how to flip it. 
they've learned that through experience and the same is true of your emotions, right? right? We don't need to be afraid of that. Uh, we can learn how to enter into it, how to make space for it when it's appropriate. We don't have to react. We don't, it doesn't need to come up in, in opportune moments. It can be something, you know, as you're talking, I just thought like, put the potato down, sit down and like, give it a second. Yeah. Give it a second. Give it a second. <laughs> Pay attention to what's going on. There's value there still. Just because the potato's hot doesn't mean it's not good. We know it's good, right? right. Especially with some butter and with sour cream and chives. Yes. <laughs> right? So the same is true of our emotions. When we understand it and we give it time, then we can actually gain a lot from it because we have taken the time uh, to do that. But we don't get to do that if we just toss it away or ignore right. it or stuff it. And the third thing is to define who or what it is you need to forgive. And that's going back to, is this a current offense, a past offense, or is this an unmet expectation? And I can tell you in, in my marriage alone, I've had to pause and ask myself that because too often I was reacting to something, someone to what my husband said to me from a past offense, something that had happened in the past, treating it as if it were happening again and trying to defend myself from it. And yet if I pause and when I did pause, cause we did have to learn this as well uh, to go, okay, did you like, so you just said this, is this what you're saying to me? And he'd be like, oh my gosh, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm like, okay, could you say that again? I go, cause this is how this felt. And so I'm right there acknowledging how I felt as a result of what you said, but also how I interpreted that. And then I had to analyze, okay. And yes, this takes like three more minutes than yeah. just reacting, but it literally does take, once you start putting it into practice, it does take three more minutes, maybe five um, and go, okay, why did I react that way when he said that? What is at the root of why I reacted that way? Because there's something to forgive there, right? I, my offense isn't between us, although I had to slow that down because I could have really quickly said something to put something on the fire that would have offended him and then yep. we would have started this whole thing. Uh, but I had to say, okay, I don't have anything to forgive here and literally uh, choose, right, in my head, hey, brain, hey, heart, that's not what's going on here, so don't take offense here. However, something came up. So let's take a note of that to deal with that, to work through that the next time I'm in my journaling or the next time I'm in my prayer time or the next time I need to sit down and take a look at that potato and go, why did that emotion come up? Be kind to yourself understanding that. You have to be specific about what is the behavior or the damage that happened and why did this affect or hurt me or offend me? And then what are my expectations, right? Because it's perfectly okay to have a conversation and say, hey, you know what? Like, okay, I understand that you didn't intend uh, to get me worked up right there, but I did. And so I'm acknowledging I have something to work out, but could could you help me in that right now? Because as I'm trying to work that out, um, could you be helpful with me? And like, next time you have something to say about that, let's do it in this way, right? And and yeah. And coming up with some rules of engagement is like what we like to say. What are the rules of engagement here? Because when you know that I'm working on something and I'm intentionally trying to work through it, um, now I've also um, recruited you to help me in that process. So kudos, but also uh, that person isn't going, we're not going to escalate the situation because they understand, oh yeah, that's right. You said when we were in the circumstances, something like something's triggering you. I understand that now. Now I'm not going to assume it's you getting mad at me for right. whatever X, Y, Z right. reason, right? And so we're just defusing what can happen here. But the root of it is forgiveness. You know, what is it that I have to forgive? What is it that I have to process so that this happens less and less, so that right. I'm not so volatile? Yeah, I love that. I really feel like it's um, a really key part of this forgiveness thing is redefining. I keep going back to this and I'm sorry. But for me, it's something I'm like I'm dealing yeah. with as we're talking is that I really re need to redefine forgiveness is really a, 
it's really a one party thing. One party. Mm-hmm. Like, so when you would, just as you were talking, you're like, is this something that I, I need to forgive? Mm-hmm. Right. And so for me, again, I go back to a kid. Like I need to like sit down with this person and I don't know, hold their hand and say, I forgive you right. from doing this. Right. As though it's like, I'm I don't know, doing them a favor. When in fact, I need to redefine forgiveness in my mind, like re just erase what I've got in my head as far as a definition of forgiveness and replace it with that. It's something that you do for you. Like I'm forgiving, meaning I'm, you know, not letting it go or it's kind of or building mm-hmm. a bridge and getting over it. Mm-hmm. Right. Or all those other things that people say in a way I'm kind of doing that, but I'm, I feel like I'm doing it though healthily, mm-hmm. like taking like maybe another three minutes, right. Just to like mm-hmm. think this through for a second. Am I really going to, like you said, hitch, hitch my wagon to this thing mm-hmm. and just get like, like pull me around that way. Or I'm right. just going to just forgive this. Right. You know, right. Where it's, it's got nothing to do with them. It's not a two party transaction. Right. So that's one of the misconceptions that um, I'm glad you pointed us back to that forgiveness is not reconciliation. Ah, there it is. There are two different things, and and too often that's the biggest misconception we have that forgiveness means I have to go and have this interaction. But you have to understand that forgiveness is one person, right? I can give myself the attention and compassion in this area to actually resolve this. Um, and then reconciliation involves two people coming with the same intention. And you may never get that, especially where you have a perpetrator involved, right? Someone who intentionally did something to you um, and meant to harm you, who has not repented or confessed or realized why it was even wrong or does not choose to acknowledge why it was wrong. And so when we depend our forgiveness on someone else and think it's reconciliation, we may never get that. Forgiveness, however, allows me to process, allows me to acknowledge a hurt, allows me to understand what was at play, allows me um, to understand how it affected me, but also understand why that other person um, may never come to a place that they're ready to have reconciliation with me. Now, as Jesus people, our hope is that they do because we want everyone to receive the same forgiveness. God extends the same forgiveness to me as he does to my perpetrator, my harm, harmer, or my um, offender. And and so that's a, a different level. That's that grace level. That's the, now I'm getting the compassion of Jesus, the eyes of Jesus to see uh, this in our whole world. But to understand that reconciliation requires repentance or admission of wrongdoing by both people as well as a desire to turn from practicing that wrong in the future by both parties, I know that I can't influence you. I don't try to change anyone anymore. I, I, I did when I was younger. I thought we could change things and could do the... I don't try to do that anymore. Why? Because I'm I'm not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does that work and does the work, the long lasting yeah. work, right? The good work uh, with the right intentions and the right motives. And, and I have to even acknowledge that if that was left to me, I'm so human. I might have not great motives, even if I thought they were great, you know, I could do much more harm than good. Uh, so I don't rely on reconciling with someone else uh, to actually enter into my forgiveness. Uh, if you feel that you want to reconcile, because there are some relationships that we want to maintain and keep, uh, that brings us to our fourth point for forgiveness. The last step for forgiveness is setting clear boundaries. And I like to point out that boundaries are not barriers. It doesn't mean you built a wall and you're out of my life forever. That's not what a boundary is. A boundary allows us to continue the relationships that we're in that we may have entered into unhealthy uh, interactions, right? Whether that person started them or we welcomed them into that with us, but we've been practicing in that way some unhealthy interactions, Boundaries help us to reset those so that we can look at, you know, 
we want to preserve the progress that we've made, right? And we want to preserve that progress not only for ourselves, but the people that we want to maintain relationship with. But we have to also acknowledge that there are boundary breakers. There are people who refuse to actually abide by those boundaries. And in that case, if there's some harmful behavior, toxic behavior toward you, um, then a a barrier may be um, appropriate. I'm not saying that it's never appropriate. However, Remember that boundaries are more flexible. Uh, They can be adjusted at any time based on the relationship and based on the level of healing and forgiveness that you've arrived at. Um, But their goal is for us to continue in this relationship while still setting that boundary. If uh, you're ready to forgive somebody, forgive them. If you want to reconcile, you have to consider, have you healed enough from this incident? Can I walk into it without getting uh, emotional? Can I communicate my... Uh, communicate effectively with this person? And then am I prepared if they completely reject? Are they even remotely open to a reconciliation? Because if they're not, then I probably shouldn't have that conversation anyway. But if I have uh, indications that I think they would be open to this now, it's not going to be an easy conversation, but I think they would hear me and at least acknowledge how I feel in this, then go ahead and have that conversation. You have an open door. But too often we try to push ourselves into those doors and and be aware if they're not ready to reconcile, be prepared for them to say and defend everything they did, right? And and not to acknowledge any of the hurt, right? Or even say even more hurtful things to you that you're going to have to heal from and forgive again. And so why would we walk into those circumstances? Um, So we just have to gauge. And again, there's different levels of, relationships as well if this is someone an acquaintance why would you you know why would you enter into that that might resolve itself at some point hey haven't seen you in a long time last time i saw you i said this i'm so sorry i was having a bad day very minor right but we may have built up something great about it versus i'm in a marriage and we're having really unhealthy interactions and we need to set some boundaries and we need to reconcile uh, because we want this relationship to continue, but continue in a most more life-giving way, in a way that we can both be healthy and happier in it. I think about um, how, didn't you like break your knee or your ankle or your Achilles? I ruptured or, my Achilles. Right. So, and then they had like, they surgically fixed it, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's forgiveness. But mm-hmm. then you couldn't, like it wasn't, but it wasn't done. It wasn't done. They didn't do surgery and you walked out, did you? No. Nope. <laughs> like all this like rehab and like blah, blah, blah. Right. All this work they had to get put in. I feel like that's the reconciliation part. Mm-hmm. Like just because it's forgiven, that's just the procedure. Mm-hmm. Right? That's just like the, oh, now it's like reattached mm-hmm. or it's whatever, rebuilt. Right. Right. But you still have to rehab everything that has to do with it. All the muscles around it, all the structure around it, all yeah. the weight that you can put on it. You still have to do all that. And yeah. that's the reconciliation part. Yeah. I would say that's the continued forgiveness part, the ongoing forgiveness. Mm. Every time I couldn't walk down the stairs like a normal human and everyone's like 50 feet ahead of me, I had to forgive that event again. I couldn't harbor unforgiveness or hold a grudge about it. It happened and it was hard and I have to face what I'm dealing with today and the disappointment I had about not being able to, you know, I... I don't know, and I know a bunch of uh, trainers will disagree with me right now, but I don't know that I'll ever CrossFit again. All right, jumping on a box over and over again with an impaired Achilles probably doesn't make sense, right? And I loved that. I loved the thrill and the adrenaline of it. I loved how healthy and and fit I was at the time. And yet I had to grieve (laughs) and also forgive the fact that that may not be true again, right? And so there's an ongoing process, you know, uh, reconciliation is have I come uh, have I come to a place of peace with my body 
in the fact that it's aging and that it's imperfect. Mm. All right. And can I agree to uh, treat it and use it differently now? There's a reconciliation, yeah, right? I get that. And so it's that that give and give and take. It's that push and pull. It's that can I walk in in this with another person in a new way, right? To be better so that we have less instances where we need to forgive, so that we don't have uh, new experiences that we need to forgive because we're carrying the hurt and the burdens and the unmet expectations of the past. Yeah. Dig that. Yeah. Dig that. So those are the four things that, you know, we really need to understand about uh, forgiveness so that we can start to run into it. Um, uh, some of the mistakes people made that we've mentioned, you know, rehearsing the heart, the situation over and over again, that doesn't, that doesn't help us because we reoffend or uh, we, we reoffend, we rehearse it. We were, we hurt ourselves mentally and emotionally again, when we just play it over and over inside of us, um, we tell ourselves, uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna forgive and forget, and yet um, that's not what our brain is trying to tell us. It's trying to tell us to actually remember, so that we can gain the the wisdom and insight and tools and and lessons that we learned in that. And then uh, a lack of boundaries. Um, boundaries are so important in our lives. It's not turning the other cheek and allowing yourself to be re-injured. Um, you're not going to heal. You're not going to get better if you're allowing the same scar to be opened up again and again and to be injured over and over again. And most importantly, you know, forgiveness for me is what does God say about it? And like I said, the Lord's prayer um, tells us to forgive, that he's going to forgive us as we forgive others. And I, I used to really balk at that. Uh, I thought, well, this is a requirement that doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem equitable. It doesn't seem like there's justice in it. Uh, but I understand more fully who God is. And I understand that it's not a hollow demand from him, but a heartfelt plea that if I hold on to forgiveness, he knows that my heart, mind, and hands are filled with the negative effects of unforgiveness. And so he's asking us to set that down. He's asking us to clear that space so that he can fill us with the life-giving hope and grace and peace that he has to fill in those areas, but he never can because remember our salvation is still a choice. Our relationship with him is still a choice. And so we never will if we don't choose to move some of those other areas out of our lives to give ourselves the mental space, the emotional space, the physical space, spiritual space um, for an environment of health and healing where he lives in it and he's our focus. Yeah, I love that because I, I mean, I, I feel like that's, of all the forgiveness work that I've had to do in my life, I would not have been able to do it mm-hmm. without the example and the encouragement and the enrichment that I get in my walk with Jesus, like there's just no way that without the Holy Spirit, I'd ever be able to do any of it. And I'm sure yeah. there's people that can, and I, I think that they're great. Like, that's awesome for you. I mm-hmm. just know that there's no way that I could. So if you find yourself at a place where you're really struggling with unforgiveness, I hope that these words helped you, but I also encourage you to like lean into faith a little bit, lean into Jesus a little bit, because like it's a, it's a, it's a unlimited font of, superpower. Yeah. You know, to I just, love that. you know, it's, it's just, it's always there and there's no kryptonite to that. It's just superpower after superpower after superpower. And so that's what got me through. And I, I'm just, I'm convinced that that's what can get you through if you feel like you're struggling with it. If you want to know more about 
things like unforgiveness and all the other multitude of things that we cover um, here on the whole podcast, how can they learn more about Journey to Wholeness? Visit j2wholeness.org, the letter J, the number two, wholeness.org. We have sessions starting uh, really, well, actually, I think by the time you hear this, they might have started, uh, but we have sessions starting all the time for you to join. Uh, groups specifically for women and men in the Green Bay Area this winter. We also have an online uh, version that is now available online for you to do uh, completely on your own, at your own pace, in your own time uh, that is available. And we're also offering intensives. So if you're interested in any of that, uh, visit j2wholeness.org where you can get more information on all of them. That's fantastic. We'd love it if you would share this podcast with friends that you feel like might benefit from these words. Also, you can subscribe on all your favorite podcast channels. It'd be great if you could rate this podcast so that more and more people can be made aware of it. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll talk to you next time.